0: My name's Lysfera Lindenbar, and if this is your first time tuning in, on this show I give advice to any folks and creatures who may need it. Books. We've all read them, maybe. Ugh, that's a ridiculous way to start this story. I goofed everyone. I bumbled. I'm so embarrassed. So I joined this book club. I figured, why not? You know, I love to read, I love talking about books. What could go wrong? (laughs) Ha ha. What could go wrong, indeed? was told I had 2 weeks to read this book, Morven's Mystic Journey. I don't know, I think it was a towering forest tribune bestseller or something. It sounded interesting. I didn't not want to read it. But then I happened to step into the library the next day totally by accident. You know when you kind of just stumble into a place and then I accidentally checked out 5 books. But but I was like, "Okay, these will be here to read." when you finish your book club book. Because I didn't need two weeks to finish the book. I binged the autobiography of Melbaria the Magnificent in three days, and that's a thick tome. So I was about to start Morfin's mystic journey, but then the books I got from the library were, look, I i really think one of them was enchanted to speak. I swear, it was calling out to me. Lysphira, Lysphira, read us. You have a ton of time to finish that book, and you need to read us before our due date because the librarian said if you miss one more due date, she's going to double the fine next time. I couldn't argue with that. So I started reading the other books. And before I knew it, it was the day before the book club meeting, and I hadn't even started Morvin's Mystic Journey. Now, looking back, I could have probably just not have gone to the book club meeting, but I didn't want to make a bad impression by missing my first meeting. And I especially didn't want to make a bad impression by telling them that I didn't even read the book. They might think I'm one of those people who just goes to the meetings for the free butterfruit pie. And while, yes, the snack spread did play a large role in getting me to join the club, that wasn't my only reason. So, I went to Spell Station, our local spells and charm shop. Highly recommend. The people there are very nice and very helpful. And it wasn't their fault what happened next. I asked if I could get some sort of spell that would put the memory of reading a book in my head without having actually read the book. The mage clerk said they did, and I just needed my copy of the book so they could use it for the spell. The spell was cast, quick and painless, and I suddenly had a memory of the entire book in my head. It was actually a pretty good book. I can see why it was a bestseller. The next day, I walked into the book club meeting feeling, looking back, overly confident about my ability to discuss this book, we had some pie, and then people started talking. Someone mentioned the recurring flying motif in the story, and I thought, okay, here's my chance to jump in. So I start giving my take on the motif, and everyone's kind of just staring at me. But then I finally process what I was saying and realized that I had been speaking gnomish, which was odd for a couple of reasons, the main one being I don't speak gnomish. I stammered some excuse about going to get more pie or something and left the room. At first, I thought the mage at Spell Station had cast the wrong spell on me or something, but then I looked at my copy of the book, truly the first time I looked at it since I picked it up. It was in Gnomish. I had a Gnomish copy of this book the whole time and didn't even realize. So when they cast the spell, it gave me a memory of reading this book in Gnomish, which it seems makes it so that I can only talk about Morvin's mystic journey in Gnomish. On the bright side, I kind of know Gnomish now. But I don't think I'll be returning to the book club anytime soon. I just don't think it's for me. But I definitely recommend Morven's Mystic Journey. Or should I say, Morvan's Hivunt Pom Givumbar. That's gnomish. Anyway, like I said, this is Dearless Fira, and I'm here to give advice, even though sometimes it seems like I can't even give myself good advice. But with all that in mind, let's jump into our first letter. This first letter comes from Yuleia. Yuleia writes, Dear Lysfira, Hi, my name is Yuleya. I'm 13 and I'm a mermaid from the Kurtibus Sea. I love floating around with my friends. We used to always hunt for seashells to make jewelry, or look for treasures in the sand, or make up fun songs together. We actually have a band called Shiny Shark, and we're probably going to be famous one day. But lately, my friends keep wanting to do stuff like sunbathing on rocks and waving to land folk who ride by in boats, which are two of the dumbest things ever. The last time we did it, I tried to get Ina to race me, but she said she wanted to keep her hair dry for the land folk. Like what? We're mermaids. Our hair is supposed to be wet. How do I make my friends do the stuff that I like to do again, instead of being dumb and spending all their time over water? Should I just stop being friends with them? Thanks, Yuleya. First off, Shiny Shark, incredible band name. When I was younger, my best friend Raydra and I started a band called Jibbler Feebler. The band did not last long. Anyway, I'm sorry to hear that it sounds like your interests and your friends' interests aren't really aligning right now. It's definitely something that happens to a lot of folks, especially around your age. I'd say one thing to do is try to find some new friends who want to do the things you enjoy doing. If your current friends don't want to do those things, well, you can't really force them to do anything they don't want to do. And you shouldn't have to do anything you don't want to either. But if you still care about your friends and want to spend time with them, maybe you can find that they like to do that you wouldn't hate doing. Like maybe you can write songs together while they're sunbathing, things like that. It's totally natural for your interests to differ from your friends, but that doesn't mean you have to stop being friends with them. Just see if you can find some new friends in addition to your old ones who do share your interests. Hope that helps, thanks for writing in. Okay, uh, this next letter comes from Venny. Venny writes, Dear Lesphira, I am destined to be a hero. I know this, I can feel it in my bones. On the outskirts of my village, there is a giant tree that has been there for as long as anyone can remember. And as long as anyone can remember, there's a giant war hammer that sticks out of the tree. The tree has grown around the war hammer so that you can only see a bit of the head. The handle sticks out and for generations, people have tried to pull the hammer from the tree. Legend says a great hero will be able to remove the hammer from the tree and wield it with ease. Ever since I was small, I've tried to pull the war hammer. As I've grown, I've worked and trained to get stronger so that one day I would be strong enough to pull it. But I'm starting to lose hope. I'm one of the strongest people in my village now, but I've still never felt the hammer even budge. I'm afraid I'll never become a great hero if I can't pull this hammer. Any advice? Signed, Venny. P.S. I've already tried covering the hammer with oil to try to get it to slide out easier. After trying that, I lost my tree visitation privileges for a month. Okay, I'll admit, covering it with oil did not cross my mind. When it comes to magic like this, common household hacks don't usually do the trick. When I was younger, this kid in my class brought his dad's flying magic carpet to our school for show and tell, and another kid spilled his pemble fruit juice on it. The teacher tried everything to get the juice out, but the stain would not budge. The carpet could still fly, though, which I guess is what's most important. Also, I know a lot of times I'll talk about someone doing something clumsy and then admit that it was actually me, but I did not spill the juice. That wasn't me. I might have bumped into the kid causing him to spill the juice, but I didn't do it. What was the question again? I'm afraid I'll never become a great hero. Oh, right. Venny, I think you're approaching this from the wrong angle. If you want to become a great hero, you don't need a war hammer to do it, and vice versa. Just wielding a legendary weapon doesn't automatically make someone a hero. I know a bunch of people with awesome weapons who don't really do much for anyone. And I know a lot of people without awesome weapons who've done great things. So what can you do? Maybe start with spending less time trying to free the Warhammer and more time helping people. Heroes are defined by what they do, not by the weapon they hold. Maybe you're the great hero of the legend, or maybe you're a great hero of a different legend, one that people don't even know about yet. You're never going to know if you keep trying to get a hammer that doesn't seem like it wants to go with you. Go be a great hero without it. I think eventually you'll discover that you never needed that hammer to find your destiny. Hope that helps. Thanks for writing in. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to give more advice. If you need some advice, just tell your speaking plant to call us at the Towering Forest
1: radio station. But first, a word from our sponsor. Family get-togethers often mean getting bombarded with unwanted questions about your health, your personal life, and your career. Are you dating anyone? You look tired. But being a traveling bard isn't a real job, is it? You can only hide in the bathroom for so long before your great aunt comes looking for you to ask why you're still single. That's why you need rent-a-fool. Your nosy relatives won't know what hit them when you walk in the door with one of our jolly jesters. You
0: know, my friend has a son about your age. He's a wizard. Oh, look, the jester's juggling fire. What was I saying again?
1: No idea. Our professional jesters are highly trained and fully capable of taking any level of attention off of you at a moment's notice. And for an additional payment, they'll even roast your relatives who try to tell you how to live your life. You know, you're never going to get a real job with all those runes tattooed on your body. Okay, Aunt Margaret, like you're so above body modification. Or are we supposed to believe that your scales are naturally blue? (laughs) Relieve some of the stress at your next family reunion and tell your speaking plant to call Rent-A-Fool and book your jester today. Jesters are also available for dinner parties and high school reunions. For the safety of our performers, we do not do funerals or full moon rituals.
0: And we're back! With dear and we have a caller on the vine now. Hello, caller, you're on the air.
2: Hi, Lasphira. My name's Nebuly. That's one N, one B, one L, two O's, and three E's.
0: But not in that order, right? <laughs> no,
2: not in that order. You're too funny.
0: Well, thanks for calling in, Nebuly. Do you need advice about something? Yep. Yeah.
2: So I don't know if you keep up with the fairy kingdom news, but oh, oh I forgot to say this. Hi. I'm a fairy
0: from the Fairy Kingdom. Oh, very cool. You have a coronation coming up soon, right?
2: Yes, that's what I'm calling about.
0: Can you explain the coronation to any listeners who might not know about it?
2: Absolutely. So, in the Fairy Kingdom, we have a royal family, the Ilduns. There's two kings, King Pernard Ildun, who was born into the royal family, and his husband, King Vebis Ildun. They have six children who are all a part of the royal family, but they don't get their crowns until they reach maturity at 200 years old. The second oldest of the six is Prince Isle Dunn, and he is so dreamy. All of my friends have a crush on him, me most of all. He's going to be such a great crown prince.
0: Oh, has he exhibited good problem-solving abilities and leadership skills?
2: Um, well, he looks really good riding a horse. (gasps) And I bet he'll look even better doing it while wearing a crown.
0: So, what advice are you looking for, Nebuli?
2: Well, now that he's being crowned, Prince Laeres will probably be looking for a partner. And I know it sounds silly, but I just know in my heart that he and I are meant to be together.
0: Uh, what, um, what makes you think this?
2: I've collected all of his Impertainment Weekly profiles, so I know everything about him. Do you want me to prove it?
0: Oh, no, that's okay. His
2: favorite food, sweet mushroom pie. His favorite color, sky blue. His favorite song. Yep,
0: okay, you know a lot about him.
2: And we have so much in common. All of his favorites are my favorites.
0: And were these your favorites before you found out these things about him? Well... Plus, I'd argue that just knowing a person's favorites doesn't really mean you know them.
2: Well, I know that, but... That's why he needs to notice me so I can get to know more about him. And, more importantly, so he can get to know me and we can fall in love. So I need your advice. Uh Uh-huh. My friends and I just got tickets to Prince Laeri's coronation. We got seats in the prince's posse, which is an area of seats right by the stage. So the chance of the prince noticing me is very high. My question is, how do I get him to notice me? Should I bring a book and look uninterested so I'll stand out from all the other fairies? Well, should I make a sign? What should the sign say? I don't- Maybe I should just try to make really intense eye contact with him every time he looks over at me. I'll try to send him mental messages to get him to notice me.
0: Is that a thing fairies can do?
2: No, but I know our connection is so strong that he would just sense it naturally.
0: Nibbly, I just don't want you to get your hopes up if you- Look,
2: I know it's a long shot. I know the prince probably won't notice me. But a fairy can dream, right?
0: I think a sign is your best bet. Really? Yeah, write something sweet that shows your personality. Maybe write some words of support for him. I mean, this is such an important moment of his life, he's probably feeling a lot of stress. Huh, I hadn't thought about that. Sure, it can't be easy to have all that attention all the time. Plus, now that he'll be a crown prince, he'll probably have a bunch more expectations on him. Wow,
2: I just thought he was really cute.
0: And I'm sure tons of other fairies think he's cute, and are declaring their love for him all the time. And there will probably be a ton of those signs at his coronation, so writing something sweet that just shows your support of him would probably make you stand out from the rest. So,
2: a definite no to bringing a book and looking disinterested.
0: I don't think that'd have the effect you think it would, no. Plus, then you'd miss the coronation. Good
2: point. Okay, I'll make a sign. How about, you've got this, Prince Laeres?
0: I believe in you. Well That's very sweet. And even if he doesn't fall in love with you, I'm sure he'll appreciate it.
2: Or he'll appreciate it. Invite me to the coronation after-party. We dance together all night. He invites me to the castle the next day. Introduces me to his family. He courts me for a few months. We temporarily break up when his fathers disapprove of him seeing a commoner. But then he stands up to them and declares his love for me. Changing his fathers' minds. And then he proposes to me in a rainstorm and we get married by the end of next year.
0: Sure. I won't say that's not a possibility.
2: Thanks for the advice, Lesfiera. I'm going to go get my prince.
0: Thanks for calling. Goodbye. Bye. You know, Nebelie's right. It doesn't hurt to dream. Oh, except for that one time I drank a potion that was supposed to help me sleep, but it was expired, so it made me sleepwalk. I was having a really fun dream where I was a fire frog and I was climbing up a tree when suddenly I woke up and realized I had actually been climbing a tree and was very high up in the air. It took three tree nymphs to get me safely back down. Word to the wise, check the expiration dates on your potions before taking them. Okay, I think it's time we wrap up for today. Thank you for listening to Dear Lysphira. Uh Next up we have the subtle sounds of a bear fly's wings as it skims the surface of a pond. Listen carefully or you might miss it. Hmm. I'll talk to you all again real soon. But in the meantime, keep your chin up and remember, just because a person is good looking doesn't necessarily mean they'll be an effective leader or a fulfilling romantic partner. Bye!
2: Thank you for listening to Dear Lesfira, which was created, written, and edited by Katie Siegel. Lesphira was voiced by Katie Siegel. Nebulae was voiced by Meyer Mitterhoff. The sponsor was voiced by Katie Siegel. And I'm Nicole. Hi! If you enjoy the show and want to help it grow, please take a minute to leave a kind review on Apple Podcasts. You can also rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you do, Katie will stand outside of your house with a sign that says, I believe in you. We have Dearless Fira merch. Check it out at teespring.com slash store slash katiefliesaway. For more Dearless Fira, check out at Fira on TikTok. You can also follow at Fira on Twitter and Instagram. Or don't. Live your life. Bye. I burped right before I pressed record anyway.